Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradfo Show. That's delicious. Boom sauce, everybody. Boom sauce. Hey, listen. There's not a lot of times where we get a chance to talk to the best athlete in a particular sport. In a particular sport. And I am saying that Will Venable... The new bench coach for the Red Sox is the best basketball player in all of Major League Baseball. Yes, the best basketball player in all of Major League Baseball. I understand he's up in his uh, upper 30s now. Doesn't make a difference. You tell me a better basketball player because this is a guy who was one of the best ever Ivy League players. Played at Princeton. Dropped 21 on J.J. Redick at Duke. He is a really, really good hoop player, which offers a lot of good insight for stuff I actually am interested into. What, what, what's it like to play in the Princeton offense? Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? Backdoor cuts here, backdoor cuts there. Like, how awesome is it? And how does that translate into you being a bench coach for the Red Sox? Tell me, that isn't great content. Will Venable joins us. He's excellent. He's excellent. He talks about a lot of things. He talks about interview with Heim Bloom for the manager's job. He talks about his playing days, both as a basketball player and as a baseball player. Gets a little bit into almost quitting baseball altogether um, because he was that good a basketball player. Uh, what he learned from David Ross, uh, Bradford Show Hall of Famer David Ross. So there was a lot to get to, and he didn't disappoint. Will Venable, bench coach of the Red Sox. I hope everyone's going to have a great week. Everyone go subscribe to the podcast. Everyone leave a nice review for the podcast. We'll keep going forward, finish this 2020 season or season year strong. All right. So let's kick things off. Let's kick things off for the week. Will Venable. All right, Will. Well, thanks so, so much for joining us. I know it's a crazy week, a crazy couple weeks. Um, has it been a couple crazy couple weeks for you? I don't know, crazy, uh, probably more, more busy, um, which, is, which has been great. I have the opportunity to connect with the organization and uh, every, everyone involved, all the people, and uh, just a lot of phone calls and Zoom calls, uh, but it's been awesome. Well, it's, uh, we just had on um, your former colleague, David Ross, on a couple of weeks ago, which um, I guess the biggest news that he broke is that he said that he has drank uh, more 5,000 beers um, with John Lester, much like the city of Chicago. So, uh, yeah, so that, that this is, this is, it's good to have the, we're, we're easing in from the Cubs over the Red Sox. And my first question to you, Will, is obviously, you know, you may be the best hoop player, um, in baseball right now. So congratulations for that. Well, I, thanks. I don't know if I agree, but I, All right, I tell, tell, tell me someone better. Tell me someone better right now. I mean, in first of all, I'm I'm old, so no, you know I'm not I'm not I'm not moving around like I used to. Uh, Chris Chris Young, who just got the job uh, as GM for the Rangers, is a great friend of mine and uh, was an outstanding college basketball player and would have been uh, had a, a great NBA career if it wasn't for baseball. Uh, so he definitely is uh, is towards the top of that list. Amir Garrett is. Not a bad basketball player. I've seen video of him, and he's and he's still a young buck. You know, there's there's a lot of guys out there. Although I appreciate it, 
And I'd like to think I'm at least on the starting five. I can tell you. So first of all, you say you're old. You're not that old. And I can prove that you're not that old. You know why? Because when you played Duke and you put 21 on Duke, who was the guy that you were guarding or who was the guy on the other team that, by the way, I think is still playing in the NBA, correct? Uh, J.J. Reddick. J.J. Reddick. J.J. Reddick, yeah. Out there. Yeah. Oh, and he's, done, he's had an amazing career. Uh, so, yeah, old isn't the right word, but past my prime. For did sure. you In that game, did you guard him? Yeah, we, yeah, we matched up a little bit that game for sure. You both finished with 21. That's all I know. So, it's which, – which leads me to this question, which maybe only fascinates me. Who is the, who is the best player – we'll start with – we can do basketball and baseball, but who is the best basketball player that you've ever played against? That's a great question. Um, there was a guy, an obscure name that, you know, from Monmouth that lit me up and I couldn't guard – uh, I think his name was Rashad Johnson or something. I, I'm not sure. Uh, more of the mainstream guys. I mean, Juan Dixon uh, played my freshman year. He was unbelievable. Uh, Brandon Mouton, wh- who I know didn't you know, do a lot in the NBA, didn't have a, a great NBA career, but uh, was definitely somebody who just uh, was head and shoulders above me. And, uh, you know, I felt it the entire game. Right, I don't want to just bombard you with basketball questions, but I'm sorry that I'm, I am fascinated by I, I, as a high school basketball coach in the off season, I feel like you're scratching where I itch a little bit in terms of this conversation. Um, so I will ask you another one, which is you almost quit according to Wikipedia and Wikipedia is never wrong. Um, so you almost quit baseball to play basketball. Your mom talked you out of it. Is that right? Yeah, I just, you know, baseball was always something I, that I, played uh growing up but i you know and, and loved and you know the experience with my dad playing and being always being around the clubhouse it was just kind of always part of what i did uh but basketball was really the thing that i loved and, and had a great passion for it as a kid and um you know so in my kind of you know middle school and and some high school years i ended up uh not playing very much baseball and and kind of would spend you know years at a time uh, or, you know, year-long chunks, uh, not playing the game at all. Uh, and so it was really my mom, once I got back into college um, and thought about the idea of playing, it was really her who, you know, had seen my dad's, uh, you know, opportunities that, you know, were presented by baseball and said, hey, you know, you really should give it a try. Your dad says that, you know, you could play. Uh, you know, just remember that it's a great opportunity and kind of nudge me uh, to, to pick it up again. And, and that's kind of how, uh, how it all happened. How close were you? I mean, was there like a, a specific conversation that you remember having? Or maybe there was multiple ones with your mom or your dad say, hey, you know what? I know that, you know, I'm good at baseball. I like baseball well enough. But like, hoop, that's where I, that's where I want to go. That's what I want to do. Was, do you remember like a specific conversation along those lines? It was like a, a childhood long conversation. Oh, really? you know? I mean, it, it was just always something that, that you know, as I – got more into basketball and wanted to focus on that and do AAU and, uh, you know, really just thought about the idea of, you know, I, I can only do so many things and to be, you know, accomplish the things that I want to basketball wise, like I really need to focus on it. Um, and, you know, my, my parents, both of them encouraged me, Hey, you can, you can play multiple sports. And, you know, I finally realized like, you know, in college, like, yeah, you, you can play two sports and be 
be good at it. And, and they really help each other out. You know, I mean, you, you learn things and take things from each sport and apply it to the other. And uh, so, yeah, it was always talked about, but, you know, it was uh, an important part of, of how, how I got to here today. Which, by the way, Will, is a rarity nowadays, right? I mean, most parents would say, say we got to specialize, specialize, specialize. You know, and I know that you know, every time that conversation comes up, I remember talking to scouts about Mike Trout. Like, Mike Trout may have slipped a little, a little bit because he wanted to play who? Like, for his high school team. And I'm not saying it's apples to apples here, but, but you know, your, your parents could have very well said, well, you know, you got to specialize in this, and this is your path. And, and obviously it worked out pretty well. Yeah, it was great. And, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure where that comes from. You know, this idea of specialization when, you know, you talk to scouts, you talk to anyone who's making decisions and evaluating players and players themselves, like there's just a ton of value in, in playing multiple sports. And I get the, you know, maybe as AAU and, and travel ball has been monetized a little bit that there's incentive, you know, to, you know, pump that narrative of specialization, but you know, it's always been a good idea to play multiple sports, uh, you know, for people at the highest level. You know, what's interesting is you probably, maybe you can identify something that as you have gone, got into coaching that you can take away from something um, maybe from, you had John Thompson uh, as the coach at Princeton, correct? Yep. Yeah. So something that in, in that, in that world that you could have taken away and used in, your baseball coaching world or is that is that a leap of faith by me no not at all I think uh, a couple of things you know first of all just in general just being a basketball player and, and being athletic and always focusing on athleticism and the value of that to the game of basketball uh, that was something that helped me you know in my own pursuit of a baseball career to you know apply the idea of just maximizing my athleticism and not necessarily uh hitting and, and all the mechanical stuff, but just being an athlete and everything I do. And, and that's something that I brought up from basketball. And then, you know, my experience in, at Princeton, uh, you know, with the Princeton offense, like it's just so detail oriented. And I mean, where you're getting ready to set up for a play and practice and, you know, whistle blows and the coach coaches are getting upset because, you know, one guy was six inches out of place. I mean, really, you know, really, really, uh, paying attention to details or, and timing issues too, you know, very, really involved plays that space and timing is just really important. And so just to really value the details on things and how, you know, when you consistently can do those, that it adds up to, you know, good performance, good production and kind of good team chemistry, uh, you know, those things apply to baseball too. And, you know, those are some of the things that, that I've taken from basketball and at Princeton and, and now value you as a coach playing baseball so and I should know this was it was it an offshoot or the, the same offense as the Pete Carrill offense yeah it was fundamentally yes very much so but there's times where you can deviate from that and coach Thompson was very um you know he very much a player's coach very much into the idea of utilizing you know, the athleticism that we did have and so you know take some liberties with some creativity and deviate from the uh, offense, uh, which was great and something I appreciated as someone who liked to kind of create offense. Um, so, yeah, we, we utilized it a little differently, but it, it really is the, the same stuff. Which is interesting that you talk about the details in, in, in Boston and New England. You know, we talk a lot about it really with the Patriots of, of the little, 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 little things that Belichick drills into you, right? And like what you're talking about, 
I think is along the same lines. And I guess in baseball, a lot of it would translate into, hey, you know what? We have you in this shift at this, this point, right? We want you there. If you're three feet to the left, it doesn't really work. Yeah. Is, it my, is that along the uh, right trolley here? Yeah, I think, I think absolutely. It's the, the attention to detail in everything that you do. And I think that, you know, in my experience as a player and certainly even as co a coach now, you know, you hear about the little things, you know, you know winning, winning teams do the little things, right? Uh, well, they're not that little if, all, you know, it, it's that hard to do. And, you know, that the winning teams are doing these things. They're, they're important things. They're winning things. Um, and when you're able to do those things, pay attention to them and, and really commit to them, um, you, you have a really good chance of, of having some substance to your team and the kind of substance that turns into wins. Did you notice that more as you went along coaching for the Cubs? Yeah, I mean, you, you, as an observer, as a coach now, you're, you, of course, your responsibility is to those details. But, you know, when they are done right or when they're not done right, you know, whatever that might look like, uh, there are things that you pay attention to and that you know, hey, when your team's rolling and, and playing well, yeah, maybe a couple guys are hot, but it's really because guys are really taking care of those little things, kind of the nuance of the game that we all know are important to winning. By the way, you would have loved playing for me. Isolations, isolations, just <laughs> the isolations. Nice. Say, yeah, you know, what? It, 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 so like we, we had the Mookie Betts conversation all the time and said, well, obviously Mookie is maybe one of, if not the best player in the game say, well, do you pay that guy the money? And my thing was, well, you don't run isolations for outfielders. You know, that's the difference, right? So no, you, need, no. you need nine guys. You, you had mentioned something that's interesting about athleticism. And I don't know if you had this conversation with Alex, um, but Alex has said a couple times now that he wants, you know, having taken a step back, looking at the team, he wants the team to be more athletic. So – it sounds great. Like, to me, like, oh, that's great. But you only have a couple of positions where, number one, that actually manifests itself into anything. And number two, you're available to, to put athletic, more athletic people in. How, I don't know. Have you talked to him about this? And, and if you can add any insight to this at all, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So we, we have talked about it. And, you know, what Alex is planned to – to get there is, uh, you know, uh, stuff that we're, I'm still digging into and still learning about Alex. But when what he's talking about, and I, I think is, is tapping into whatever athleticism each guy has, you know, and, and there's ways you go about doing that. There's, you know, before the, you know, the pitch even comes, you know, let's say for, for defenders, before the pitch even comes, you know, there's a mentality that you have to have. There's a, an understanding of the situations, how this ball is going to hit to me, how am I matching you know, my intentions with the situation, you know? Um, and so there's kind of that, that mindset that's important in, in our preparation to get ready for our moment so we can be athletic and not be inhibited by, you know, confusion or, uh, you know, pressure, you know, just really having a clear thought of, of uh, the mentality that we need for each pitch. Uh, but then also is physically putting yourself in a position. I mean, uh, Dustin Pedroia with his kind of pre-pitch hop, um, uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., the way he gets ready before a pitch, you know, it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, it's a very athletic move. It's an athletic move that you see with tennis players returning serves. You know, I think they call it a split step or something. But there is this uh, step in preparation of this moment. There's a timing nuance to it. There's uh, space. And th there's a lot of, that get, goes into it. But the guys who do it really well are able to tap into their athleticism in the moments that they need it most. 
uh, and, and with great timing. And so uh, not to be long-winded, but that's really what we're talking about. No, it's good because, you know, when I, when I heard it, Will, I'm thinking, well, you need a center fielder. Um, you have a shortstop, you know, maybe a second baseman. You need, you know, it's – so, it, like I said, there's only a couple positions where you say, well, you, you, you need an athletic guy or you get – acquire a guy who would be more athletic there – and I'm thinking, well, you know, how do you do that? Like, what's but if the way that you put it makes a whole lot of sense to me, which is number one, you know, like position uh, to get yourself in position to make the athletic play, and also the other part about is just physically. I mean, physically. Like, if if um, I I know that Rafael Devers from the time that he came up as a major leaguer has gotten more athletic. He just mm -hmm. has, and that's a tribute to him. It's physical, getting in better shape. You know, understanding what movements are important, oh, and I love the fact that you said the Pedroia thing. You know, this is it, this. I, it, now that's an extreme because we're like, why do you do this? I have no idea. Mm -hmm. My mom was a tennis player, you know, mm -hmm. but it's 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 important, and it's I, you do. I appreciate you offering that insight. Uh, uh, how has um how has the conversations with? It's only been a couple of weeks now. Like, how has the conversations with Alex been going? In terms of, is there anything that jumps out? said, I thought I knew him, but this is, this is something that I didn't anticipate or this was something that's really been interesting talking to him about. Yeah, you know, every conversation's just kind of learning each other and, and more importantly, me learning, learning him and his perspective on the game, how he sees things, how he uh, views our opportunities for improvement and the, the methods that he's interested in uh, applying to get us there. And so uh, it, it's kind of piece by piece, just putting that puzzle together. Uh, but I've been just really impressed with uh, just his overall understanding of, uh, you know, baseball in general. Like, I mean, going from pitching conversations to base running conversations to medical conversations. Uh, he's just a very clearly a very bright guy that it processes, you know, the perspective of a lot of different people. And uh, that's been impressive. And then, and then just, you know, players you know I, I think that uh there's one thing that you hear about all these uh really good uh leaders in baseball is that it's about the players and um you know i think that's it's absolutely true um and you know everything that he is doing everything that he's talking about is is about the guys you know and about giving them the best opportunity supporting them um uh you know challenging whatever it might be but it, it, it is about those guys which which i love and, and it's been great talking to them about I mean, you, you've had a wide variety of guys that you've, I mean, starting with your dad, obviously, but, you know, and we talked about your college hoop coach and you probably your high school hoop coach, you guys that you have played under and now like guys who obviously in the Cubs front office and going to last year with David Ross, uh, what did you learn last year? Like, like you seem like a guy who is always learning, even though you're, you know, obviously very, very intelligent, but you're always learning. What was the thing that jumped out at you last year that you're like, oh, wow, you know, I didn't really realize that. Um, you know, probably a lot of the nuance of the first and third play uh, specifically. Uh, you know, at first base, being a coach out there, you know, you were uh, really there as a, in a supporting role for the third base coach in the base running program, at least the way we had it set up, uh, which was great and was able to learn a ton. But uh, then kind of being responsible for that uh, on third base and having, you know, uh, first and third late in the game and having to send a message to the third base uh, runner that, hey, this is what we need to look for. This is what we do. And that's a different, that's a, a whole different responsibility 
Um, and to understand the nuance of the first and third play and all the crazy stuff that goes on uh, was something that, you know, really spent a lot of time talking to, to Rossi about, talking to Andy Green about, uh, learning about that stuff. And, and then just watching, you know, Rossi in, with, in the way he engaged with players uh, was really unbelievable. You know, I, I'm a big believer in building relationships and kind of the uh, space that creates to do some things with people personally. And I think Rossi was a great example of, you know, a guy that had these great relationships with guys. And obviously they played together, but, um, you know, he's a special guy that really knows how to get to know people and invest in people. Um, and when you watch him do that, you saw that, hey, now I can follow up and be accountable. I can challenge guys and, and do all these different things that are really uh, personal, uh, but he's effective with it because of the relationships he's built. So those were the kind of two things that really uh, jumped off. At, uh, what, was the, what was the dynamic with the bench coach, you know, there? Because, like, honestly, we've gone through – I've seen different dynamics with different bench coaches. I've seen it where, you know, a manager stays in the office and the bench coach's job is to come out in the clubhouse. I know that Alex likes coming out in the clubhouse, you know, when we can't come out in the clubhouse, but when he comes out in the clubhouse. And, like, so what was what, – what did you learn about that dynamic? Well, I know, I know that every place is going to be different. Every manager is different at different points of their career, and there are different people that need different things. And, um, and, you know, Alex is also somebody who has some great people that have been around him that he has great relationships with, the Veritech, the whole staff, the Veritech and uh, Vasquez, everybody. Um, so I'm just trying to figure out how to support him. But I do know that having watched Andy Green and, and David Ross and then uh, Mark Loretta and, and Brandon Hyde, who was great, uh, and their relationships with Joe Madden, um, you know, it, it's, it's really fluid and, and different, but you have to be uh, somebody who can have a voice in the clubhouse when maybe your manager also does. Like Rossi has a huge voice in, in the clubhouse and in meetings and stuff. Uh, but there was times where, you know, Rossi wasn't available or, you know, and Andy had to, to step in and have those voices or a different st staff does. So I think you, you talk collectively to figure out what all needs to be covered. And, and then throughout the day, um, you know, I'll do my best to, to cover uh, Alex and I know a lot of other staff too, and, and they'll have to cover for me and I'll have to cover for them. And that's just kind of how it rolls with the staff, you know? By the way, do you know who you hit your first grand slam off of? Um, I, I think, um, no, there, there, there's a Chicago, um, the Chicago cup. I don't even know if he works for the Chicago Cubs. He kind of does. Oh, damn. Uh, yeah, right yes. Dempster? Was it Dempster? Okay. It yeah, was. I, knew I hit a home run. That's what came into my head. I wasn't sure it was a grand slam and it's not like I hit a bunch of grand slams. I should remember, but, um, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't think. Yeah, right. Yeah, Unless someone put it, went it into Wikipedia and changed that as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Just a couple of quick other things. Um, I'm going to ask you about, and I know that it, I'm. I, ra I rather look toward the the future here, but I am interested in what was the toughest question that Hein Bloom asked you during the managing interview process. Oh, that was. Uh, there was a lot. Um, and it, w it wasn't just from him. They all had challenging questions. Everyone in baseball ops that was on the call. Uh, but, you know, they're, they just asked some things that, you know, hypothetical stuff sometimes, like, um, and I, I don't remember exactly, but, you know, if, if a player, uh, you know, what would you do if a player, you know, said this 
in front of other people or did this or what, what would you do if a player's role changed and he wasn't happy about something, you know, just, just kind of framing up questions, hypothetical questions on, on difficult situations. And then maybe asking, you know, Hey, do you have a couple examples of how, you know, your experiences might help you with, you know, that, that type of thing. And so, you know, as, as a young coach, uh, you know, those are always challenging to, you know, I can think about my own personal experience. Some of those conversations I just haven't had yet. Uh, so uh, those are those questions always got me. Um, and, and I know, you know, in that interview, they had a couple that I was like, that must. <laughs> I <don't know." laughs> Did you yeah. come away from it where you're like, oh, man, you know, like we do with any interview or anything. Oh, man, I oh, why didn't I think of that? Or why yeah, did I wrote well, the whole interview? You know, I, I think we're all poor evaluators. And, you know, I, uh, you know, Obviously, I walked away from that interview like, oh, man, I wish I had said this and all that. But, you know, and obviously I didn't do well enough to get the managerial job. But, you know, I didn't tank as badly as I guess I, I thought uh, or else they wouldn't have anything to do with me. So <laughs> was, that the um, chair, was, that, was that the chair that you did it in? Was this the was this the interview room right here? No, this wasn't the interview room. I was. Yeah, I was. I was upstairs. Uh, oh, yeah, did you have a suit and tie? Spot. Did you have to wear like a, a, a I did. And I got, you know, I didn't, I, I was like, man, this is a Red Sox interview. Like I, I've got, I got to dress the part, man. If I was there in person, I would have worn a suit. So I was like, I'm wearing a suit. Um, so anyway, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun though. Great guys. Again, strange times. I remember, you know, the story that I was real, that the Cleveland Indians put Kevin Cash in through like a four hour or five hour interview when he was with the Indians to prepare for the, the interview with the, with the Rays and they made him dress up in a suit and, Obviously, there was no Zoom call, so listen, we're all flying blind here. But like, yeah. you, like you said, you did you did well enough. Uh, left obviously a pretty positive impression. Last thing, looping back to the hoop, um, have you ever played against Theo? Hoop against Theo? You know what? I haven't like played played against him, but uh, we did have a little shootout. A uh, very brief shootout uh, with him and a couple other coaches, and and he he actually beat us. So I have to tip my cap to Theo, uh, sneaky good athlete for sure. Uh, come on, he he beat you? Well, it was uh, you know it was a shooting competition. If we were playing, I'd like to think I would have done better, but but he no he did he did he beat me he beat he beat everybody. It was it was impressive. We used to play uh, media versus front office when he was there. And all of a sudden, you know, these 6'5 interns would show up and be on Theo's team. And I liken his game to George Gervin. Like, this is – I'm totally dating myself. But bring it back to finger roll. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, hopefully, hopefully we will have a spring training. And hopefully we will be able to have a media versus, um, uh, I don't know, coaching staff or front office game. And I am officially drafting you to be a member of the media because you've done this podcast. Uh, all right. Well, it would be an honor. I hope we get there. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to do it. All right. Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. You got it, Rob. Take care.